welcome to Top Brew, the show that is best served fresh. Thanks for joining us for episode 40. Our show is sponsored by Thrasher Coffee, so shop at thrashercoffee.com for specialty coffees and use the coupon code TOPBREW, all one word, to get 25% off. I am Joe Darnell, and joining me today is my co-host, a coffee roaster, Mr. Eric Rauch. How you doing? Good, good, good. Waiting for you to say how you doing. I was, there's a little bit of an awkward lag there, Joe. But uh, well, nobody's going to get that because they're going to hear the music playing in the background, which you can't hear. I can hear in the headphones at yeah, that moment. They're going to be enjoying the music. I always hear the awkward lag in my head, though. So maybe it's maybe it's just more <laughs> awkward than it really is. But you uh, need to delete that track in <laughs> your audio preferences for your head. Just uh, get rid of awkward uh, lag track. I don't know how to do that. Mm. Off to an awkward start. But yes, good morning, Joe. Glad to be here. Well, we haven't finished our morning cup of coffee yet. So it's going to be awkward. That Maybe is true. I, I, still, I still have a uh, little bit left in the bottom. So you're right. I haven't finished it yet. Wednesdays when you come over, you don't get any coffee in the morning before you come here? Uh, it varies. I did this morning. Mm. Um, yeah, it depends on, on how early we, we record or what's going on at my house. But uh, yeah, it's probably about a 50-50 chance of either having it or not. But I do always expect it. So don't. don't oh, of course. Yeah, no, don't, I, I'm never don't going. Don't stop making it. <laughs> I'm never going to do a show about coffee when I'm not drinking coffee. Uh, uh, a couple excellent. of these episodes, we've done interviews with our guests, and I drank coffee even if we were recording at 9 p.m. Oh, good man, good man. You got to do that. It's just, it's just wrong. If coffee is not represented near the microphone when you're talking about coffee, you're just doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. This is real podcasting. I agree. That's right. This is, this is real guerrilla podcasting. Snobby podcasting. Snobby podcast for snobs. Fussy podcasting. Okay, so speaking of fussiness, I did something different with my AeroPress this week. And so everybody knows that um, I'm an AeroPress enthusiast uh, as much as I am a coffee fan. Yes. I love the Aerobee company. I like what they have done with this device. They make good Frisbees too. They do, but the AeroPress doesn't make a good Frisbee. (laughs) Now, now I would love to see someone try maybe launching it like a football. AeroPress (laughs) ball. New sport. See see which goes further. Uh, They could use it in Quidditch. This time of year. Uh, yes, yes mm-hmm. they could. Oh, happy Halloween, everybody. Hashtag scary. It's this time of year. Halloween. Uh, you know, Harry Potter. Yeah, I was, I was just thinking, I guess by the, the time... Look this, on, I'm this, sorry, everybody. Uh, the look on Eric's face was utter confusion. So Yeah, because it's, it's not Halloween. But, but by the time this, this show gets released and between this one and the next one, Halloween will have passed. So That's right. It's close enough. Maybe the people listening to this show will be listening to it on Halloween. Maybe. Halloween night while they're passing out candy. Listening to the spooky Top Brew podcast. Uh, Got nothing. Okay, so Araby and Aeropress. So here's the thing, Eric. For the longest time, I've been very happy with how much I diluted my coffee using the Aeropress. As you know, it it works sort of like a um, plunger. You have the Araby, sorry, the Aeropress up on top of a coffee mug and you make yourself a single cup or two cups worth of coffee at a single time with a single brew. Just for anybody who's not familiar with the AeroPress, mm-hmm. I wanted to remind them. The trick about the AeroPress though is even though it makes a fantastic single cup of coffee and it's pretty quick, it's easy to make it, when you're done, the brew you have in your coffee mug is going to be something kind of like a coffee extract. It's going to be very strong. So it's not quite an espresso, but it's in the ballpark of an espresso. Yeah, it's. I mean, it uses uses pressure and immersion, so it, it's it's somewhat of a cross between 
like a French press and an espresso machine, but the pressure isn't isn't anywhere near what it would get out of an espresso machine, and the extraction isn't is, is yeah, and you're not nearly brewing it nearly either. as hot, right? right? Espresso machines get really hot. Well, yeah, they can brew at whatever temperature you want them to, but they're, it's it's going to get hotter. Uh, yeah, so with the AeroPress, you're brewing at 176 to 190, usually based on the various recipes that are available, based on the best results that people have got gathered. You know, there's an Air Championship, and the, you know, people try out a lot of recipes there and different ratios for how much coffee to water and so forth and how much brew time you let it sit before you plunge the aeropress but all things considered when you're done it's a coffee extract and it tastes pretty good but it can be rather strong and there's not much of it so once you've drank it you feel like well that didn't last long and where's my coffee now you know here in america we like a full cup of coffee no matter how concentrated it is no matter how much caffeine it's giving us so I, I have for the longest time diluted my AeroPress brews. So I would usually start at about 160 grams of coffee with what the coffee came, the coffee that came from the AeroPress would be about 160 grams to 170 grams. And I would dilute that up to 270 grams. And if I could hit 270 grams, it seemed to be the sweet spot. That is what I needed to dilute my coffee to. And I really liked the results, but I thought, Something came up in the last week's uh, episode and it got me thinking, you know, I really haven't experimented with how much water I use to dilute my coffee with. So I tried that this week. I tried using a significant amount less water and more water. And what I found was actually pretty good results. I used uh, 230 grams of water in total, which means I was using about 40 uh, grams less water than I usually would. And when I did that, it, you know, it's going to be stronger. It's going to be sharper. And the results all around were pretty good for medium roasted coffees and medium dark roasted coffees. Did you let it immerse longer? Did you let it sit longer? No, I didn't change anything else. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, just starting with the extract of 160 to 70 grams and then adding water to bring it up to 230. Okay. And pretty good results. What I realized though through this is that ultimately you get the best results depending on the coffee roast itself. You know, it doesn't have so much to do with how much you dilute it. It has a lot to do with the flavor that is coming out of the beans. So as much as, yes, the water is going to dilute it and spread the flavors out thinner, another key factor is just how much flavor is coming and packed into every bean mm-hmm. in the roast. So it varies wildly. And you know, I, I didn't think it would vary that much. I thought for consistency, pretty much every coffee should be great at a full 12 ounce or 10 ounces of water, no matter what the brew, you know? Right. But really, I, I, I'm seeing there, there's just actually an, an extra level of variables here. A coffee might taste a lot better if it's more concentrated or if it's more diluted. Yeah, it could. Um, it's always going to be dependent on what on what your own subjective tastes are, you know, what you expect out of that but uh, if if it's like a like a Sumatran or an Indonesian coffee, it's going to be pretty high on body scale. It's going to be kind of a kind of a heavier mouthfeel coffee. If that's a little off putting to you, you want to dilute it more, add some more water to it. That's going to feel more like a like a lighter mouthfeel coffee because it, it there's more water in the mix. It's going to it's more like water in your mouth and less like uh, syrup. Well, not syrup, but um, but when, yeah. when I say syrup, but I mean thicker, like, something yeah, a little bit heavier. Sense, yeah, in that direction, not full blown stickiness. But right, yeah. it is going to have an effect. It is have an effect not only in in how it how how it feels in your mouth, but also in how it hits your taste buds, how it covers your tongue, the nose, and the finish, and, and everything else. So it's gonna it's or it's gonna have a difference over the full experience of drinking that coffee, maybe for the worse. 
And now the thing is, though, I have to update my coffee ritual a little bit more because I would like to stop here and say I could just continue to explore coffee variables a bit more with the AeroPress and control the water to different ratios a bit more. But now I need to update my morning ritual, Eric, because my sister is going to be moving into our household. Okay. So with that in mind, I cannot make a morning brew of coffee with AeroPress every day and double my my brew time to make her a cup and myself a cup. So... What I'll be doing is I'll be moving on to the Chemex because Ah. I have a real reason to use it on a regular basis to make more coffee in a single brew. That's a good thing. It's nice to have a settled on on this particular brewing method. You know, I'm I'm good at it. I know how to do it. I can I can make everything almost without without thinking about it. You know, it's it, it's become second nature. But it, it's nice to mix things up every once in a while and just and just be reminded about how different coffee can taste when you use a different a different brewing method, even a different amount of, of water dilution with AeroPress. When you just mix things up week to week or day to day, it's 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 a good reminder that yeah, yeah, this is a food product. It's fun to experiment a little bit. It's it's also nice to have a standard routine, but if you've got a little bit of time and you wanna you wanna mix things up, I'm all for that. Yeah. So And I'll you're doing probably, it out of necessity, but 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 yeah. I think it's I think it's good to do it anyway. So we'll probably have more to say about the Chemex between now and say Christmas. I'll try some different roasts and see what kind of results I can get. Yeah, what I would like to do is um, is make the same the same coffee with with the same general ratio, one through the AeroPress and one through the Chemex, and just see how they how they taste different. To me, the Chemex it's accentuates. If it's a a fruity coffee and acidic coffee, the Chemex helps accentuate those types of things and cut down on on things like like mouthfeel mouthfeel through the Chemex a lot of times seems to be pretty consistent. Hmm. One coffee may be heavier than the other because you have this big thick filter in between the, the coffee grounds and the, the brewed coffee. There, there's a lot that gets, that gets left behind in the filter. So I think that would be a, a good topic to explore is, is what does the same coffee taste like made on two different devices? Yeah. Yeah. So that's probably where we're going from here. So if you have any questions about the Chemex, you can volley them my way and I'll experiment with my Chemex. So uh, we'll report back in next week's episode or so. So um, moving on to the next topic, Eric, we have a couple of pieces that I found at the Huffington Post. Um, We have this one here that was pretty new, the perfect formula for brewing coffee down to the gram. And this was published by Julia Thompson. There was a company, Roasty, that put together some charts on the perfect coffee and water ratios to be used. So the top of the chart says coffee brewing ratio, coffee to be used. On the left-hand side, it says how many cups of coffee would you like? One, two, all the way up to... 12 cups of coffee. Next to that, you have how many ounces, grams, teaspoons, tablespoons, and measuring cups worth of coffee you want to use in order to make a cup of coffee with this. It's a very thorough chart. It really is. And this is pretty cool because it's sort of like coffee maker agnostic. It's looking at just like the coffee and water. It's not looking at the temperature, the brewing time, the coffee machine. It's looking at just your coffee and water ratio. The ra- yeah, the ratio between the two, the two ingredients of coffee, water and coffee. Now, what's interesting is it says here, to determine the amount of water to be used with fractional amounts of coffee, multiply the weight of the coffee by the following factors. 16, or 0.0625, the inverse factor, to get fluid ounces of water. And uh, 16.6949 is the inverse factor for grams uh, to get cc's of water. <laughs> really precise stuff here. Yeah, and I can I can hear everybody already scrambling to their computer to 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 get this chart and how do I do this? I I got to do this today. Honey, plug in the printer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
for, okay, so for example, if you have 1.2 ounces of coffee by weight, you would multiply 1.2 times uh, 16.0 to get 19.2 fluid ounces of water needed. If you're using the metric system, 92.6 grams of coffee would require 1562 cc's to give you uh, 1.56 liters of water. Use the inverse factor to determine the amount of coffee to be used with an unlisted amount of water. In other words, you multiply the inverse factor times the amount of water to determine the weight of the coffee to be used. And that is, I think, enough math for the entire Top Brew series. Uh, we'll never return to maths again. No, that's that's way more than I want to do on this. See, this is why I'm not really into the culinary arts. Uh, I stop at coffee because it, once you get into the culinary arts and you're trying to make dinner and you're trying to craft it in the kitchen, like, you know, what's that guy's name on uh, Good Eats? Uh, Alton Brown. Alton Brown, yeah. It, it looks fun. He makes it look like it's Indiana Jonesy stuff. Yeah. But then when you get into the kitchen, you just feel like you spend the whole time measuring everything. Yeah, and not only that, but 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 you watch the show, and and he makes everything look so easy. You're like, oh, I can do this. And then as soon as you turn the show off and go into your kitchen, you're like, <laughs> wait, what? I can't I can't remember the first step anymore. What Seriously, was he doing? <laughs> you need to get your TV, set it up under the kitchen counter, but there's not enough outlets next to the coffee maker and the blender <laughs> and what do you do? So then you get out the iPad, you mount it to the cabinet door and yeah, d- don't do that. Don't be like those people in the Sharper Image catalog. Like I said, it's a thorough chart and it's it's a lot of time and work went into it. It's essentially nonsense. What? I mean, there is no exact ratio for, for, for every coffee. What? Really? My problem with it is actually that they get down to like, for one cup of coffee, you need 0.38 ounces of coffee. Yeah, I mean, like, that is ridiculous. Like, how are you going to measure that? You'd have to have a really absurdly accurate kitchen weight scale. I personally don't have one that would show that I have 10.6 grams of coffee or anything weighed on the scale. It's going to tell me I got 10, I've got 12. It's not going to tell me I have 21.3. It's the fractions. It's not going to show up on my weight scale. But what's your grind? Where are you? What's the... Uh... I'm looking at the coffee to be used at the top where it says, you know, like one cup of coffee. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I mean, I under, I, I'm just asking rhetorical questions here. It, it, it doesn't take into, into factor, you know, how fine or how, or how coarse your grind is. It doesn't take into into account where your water's coming from. It doesn't take into account what your altitude is. You know, all the all these things matter. So to say that that this is the exact ratio for any cup of coffee, any brewing method, it is preposterous. It's a it's a good place to start, but if you're trying to Do you not think that you would get okay or above average oh, results you, yeah, with these? Sure you probably would. I'm not okay. fully discounting it, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of factors that that aren't going into this. Yeah, it's not giving you recipe here. It's it's not telling you what kind of machine to use and what kind of fineness on the grind. Yeah. The subtitle of the article says never drink another bad cup. I, I mean, think it's an oversimplification. Well, a lot it's an oversimplification because like the... if you start with bad coffee or, or you start with overchlorinated water, you are going to have a bad cup of coffee no matter, no matter how good the ratio is. Well, Eric, you know what people want is they want the one life hack that is going to make everything super simple, easy, and give people financial success. Yeah. So, I mean, like that's kind of what exist. this... Yeah. And that's what they're trying to apply here. Yeah. I feel like it's an oversimplification. Nothing is just this simple. Well, you say simple, but then you look at the chart. <laughs> like, okay, well, all right. It's, it's really not all that simple anyway. No, it's and, not. And who's going to go through this trouble? Now, this is for the already, the initiated into the into the specialty coffee realm. This is for them. This isn't for somebody that you're trying to turn on to. Well, you know, I know you're not, you're not happy with our office coffee or with the coffee you make at home that you buy from the store. Why don't you try this? You know, and, and you, you email them this chart 
try doing this with this with this coffee that I just bought for you. Yeah, good luck. There's really? no way. See, I would have thought that this would be helpful because a lot of people just want to know something to get started with. I, I, that's not my experience, see, I, but, I felt but like this, maybe. Uh, I felt like this was halfway to first base. Like, you know, you, you want to give people the AeroPress and you give them a, an excellent bag of craft coffee and you say that this stuff is super fresh. And they're like, oh, okay, well, how am I going to grind it? Well, tell them, run down to Walmart and buy a burr mill grinder because it's only 40 bucks there and it's super cheap. Yeah, but, you know, put a little investment into it, will you? And they're like, okay, I don't know. But they get it and then they take it home and what do they do? You know, they, they want to find something to, to, to just for starters. And so this is... This is halfway decent. This would be halfway decent for the starters. Uh, yeah. I, at a quick I glance. Suppose, yeah. At a quick glance, if they want to see that they can make two cups of coffee, what kind of water and coffee grounds ratio do mm -hmm. they need? They got it. If, yeah. if they want five, they've got it right here. Yeah. And then what's kind of nonsensical to me about it is that cups is relative. When it says cups of coffee and it says one, it's actually saying about six ounces of coffee uh, in your cup is a cup of coffee. And I don't know anywhere in America where you just buy six ounces of coffee and call that a cup of coffee. I don't think it is. I think it's it's actually operating on the on the actual. I always get this confused in my mind. What what is a cup? A cup is four ounces, right? Because they're saying that six fluid ounces is three quarters of a cup. It's uh, okay. So in one measuring cup, there is eight fluid ounces. Eight fluid ounces is a cup. Okay. Um, oh, right, right. Yeah, that makes sense because it's three quarters of a cup. I don't know what I was thinking. They're, they're calling six fluid ounces three quarters of a cup, and that's true. They are operating on the assumption that, that when they say cup, they mean an actual measure baking cup, not what coffee pots put on as you know, a 10-cup coffee maker. What does that mean? It's, <laughs> it's, it's not 80 ounces. No, it's not. But here, it looks like they're actually using cup in the technical culinary sense. Hmm. So look at this anyway. I, I think it's an interesting curiosity. We're drinking coffee by this ratio today. So we made it in the Chemex. I used 42 grams of coffee, and then I put in 680 grams of water. Now, Grant, you know, some of that water is going to be absorbed into the coffee grounds and into the paper filters, and so not all of it makes it into the final brew. But it, uh, it it turned out a pretty good result. I felt like it was a little bit on the strong side. Eric, you felt it was pretty good? Yeah, well, this is, this, this, this is actually the ratio that they recommend, which is right around 16 parts of water, however you want to you want to determine that, either by weight or by ounces, and then one part coffee. So so it's a 16 to 1 ratio, uh, water to coffee, and that's what we recommend on on all our bags. And then, But then we also put the disclaimer on there, you, you know, subject to your own taste. You know, if you like stronger coffee than that, then, then go 115, maybe even 1 to 14. But if you like it a little bit thinner, a little bit weaker, then then go up to even maybe to one one part coffee to twenty parts water. So it's all based on your preference. But to me, this is this is a pretty good ratio because this is about where I I typically drink it. So check it out. It's going to be linked in our show notes. Now at the top of the article said, "There's no doubt that coffee culture has reached an unprecedented level of snobbery." But that blah 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 blah. So in that sentence, it said level of snobbery. And that was linked. So I clicked on the link out of curiosity just to see what Julia Thompson had in mind when she said snobbery. And this pulled up another article on the Huffington Post that goes back to October the 31st, 2013. 11 things only a coffee snob would understand in memes. This was a pretty fun jaunt down the humorous side of the coffee culture. And I thought that it would be uh, worth sharing and critiquing what they had to share here, Eric. So we have a couple of different things. 11 th specifics 
that all coffee snobs would understand. And sadly, uh, I related to and understood a great number of these. So I think that, and seeing as how I related to more than half of the list, <laughs> I think I'm officially... You're a snob. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, here we go. <laughs> so let's see how many you relate to. So listeners, if if you find yourself relating to these facts, you can identify yourself as a coffee snob. And I'm really sorry about that. Number one, pre-ground coffee is not an option. And it has a uh, an animated GIF of a hand mill grinder just going and going and going. Underneath that, the caption, who knows how long ago it was ground. Yeah. I think anybody who knows their first things about coffee as a snob would understand that you care about when it was ground. And if you see that the bag says it was pre-ground, you stay away from it. And we do offer uh, ground coffee on our site solely for convenience. Not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to go out and buy a grinder. Not everybody's going to... We're trying to be, as much as we can, a little bit of all things to all people. Our, our default, if you, don't, if you don't touch anything that asks you what ground you want, you're going to get whole bean. That's what we recommend. You know, grind it right before you use it. And, and when true, I think that a lot of the coffee enthusiasts appreciate that and understand it. A lot of the coffee drinkers, though, mm-hmm. out there just don't want one more thing to fiddle with in sure. the kitchen. Yeah. They still would like premium coffee. They would like really good coffee. And they just don't want to think about grinding. So they would like Thrasher coffee. It's specialty coffee. And even if you grind it, you're putting it in an air-sealed package, and it was only roasted a couple of days ago when they receive it. So even even the ground stuff is going to be more fresh than what they could pick up at the grocery store. So yeah, it's a trade-off, but it's still a pretty good compromise. If I had to get pre-ground coffee, I would get it from a company like Thrasher. Fresh whole bean coffee is going to stay fresher longer than fresh ground coffee will. It's because it, there's it's already in its pulverized ground state. It's going to be affected by the air that, that much quicker. So the next one here on the list of the 11 things that make you a snob, we have making morning pour over is actually kind of meditative. Uh, yeah, well, I, yeah, I would agree with that. I would as well. They show an animated GIF again of a Chemex and it's showing the water steam uh, in the coffee brew on top and it's uh, it's going to town. And yeah, I kind of agree. First thing I do when I wake up in the morning, I, I wear an Apple watch. So I, I stop my sleep tracker. I get up and I put on some pants and then I go into the kitchen and I start my coffee brew. Mm-hmm. This is without any music on. There's nothing to listen to. There's nothing else before my eyes. I'm not checking out Twitter or Facebook. I haven't looked at my email messages yet. I got to get to the coffee and spend a few minutes in that morning ritual. And it, it's not meditative in sort of like the calming Buddha sense. It just helps to reset my brain that is waking up and booting up. Yeah, it's a it's a morning ritual that, that you look forward to. I do. You get something out of it, a good fresh cup of coffee. But yeah, but there's also <laughs> something about the actual doing of it. I think meditative is a pretty good word because it's if you do it enough, it tends to be kind of mindless. When you get to the point where it's where it's second nature, it's it's somewhat mindless, but you're still you're still in the in the moment. You're in the you're you know you're in the coffee brewing mode, and you're and, crafting something. You're yeah. doing something with your hands that requires a little bit of your brain. You get different smells. You get different things happening while you're making it that also lead to the waking up ritual. That lead to the um, the anticipation of that first sip. So the next one on the list, uh, 11 things a coffee snob would understand. We have the crema is one of life's greatest joys. I wouldn't know about that because I hardly drink any espresso ever. So yay me. I am not a snob in that particular way. Yeah. um, To some degree, I I understand it. One of the primary benefits of the crema with espresso and and one of the reasons why when you, when you dump it into a, into a latte or something, you, you lose this. The crema should be the first thing that hits your tongue. 
and it it coats your tongue and it kind of dulls your bitterness receptors on your tongue so that your tongue is now prepared to get the full taste of the coffee itself. Underneath um, the picture, it says, that's not steamed milk, man. That's just what espresso does. That's what espresso does, yeah. And it has something to do with the with the method, with how espresso is made, but it also has, has a lot to do with, with what beans are being used in that espresso blend. Okay, so number four, we have how it feels when someone says espresso. <laughs> and we got a guy who's like freaking out and he's shaking his head and waving his hands. Espresso. <laughs> Underneath the picture, our brains. Our brains. I've actually slept a few times unintentionally said espresso because that's what I thought people were saying when I was a kid. And so every now and then I still say it and I, uh, I shake my head to myself. Yeah. Dire Straits has a song called es- Expresso Love. <laughs> so I always, whenever somebody says that, I always think of Expresso Love. <laughs> Number five, you are way more interested in how recently the coffee was roasted than how dark or caffeinated it is. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Some of the times you, when you got to have coffee, you got to have coffee. And if you have choices, then I start thinking about, well, how recently was it roasted? I do. I do. I, I don't think about the caffeine as much. Right. But people who are concerned about the roast date are also concerned about the roast level. So yeah, they might've been a little off target with this point. Yeah. I mean, I understand where they're coming from and, and sure. I mean, fresh coffee is going to be any other kind of coffee. Typically that's not to say like, like fresh, cheap commodity coffee is going to taste better than uh, three week old specialty coffee. We're not going to take it to a full extreme, but freshness is a big deal. Okay. Number six, coffee creamer will do no such thing. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly sure what they mean, but I, I think I get what they mean. It, I'm not crazy about anything that is powdered creamer. Never have been. Oh, disgusting stuff. Yeah. Uh, even when I was a teenager and I was having my first cups of coffee, I just thought, what were they thinking here? Yeah. And there's a, and there's a picture of Dave Grohl there on, on this one. Who's a, <laughs> who's a notorious coffee fan, his fresh pots video. Um, but yeah, I think what they're saying here is that coffee creamer will not do what coffee it, creamer. What, you know, what, what you're expecting um, half and half or whole milk or even 2% to do, coffee creamer, that non-dairy stuff, even, even the stuff that sits in the, in the bins at cafeterias that, you know, half and half with no refrigeration required. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, no. man, that ain't half and half. I mean, I don't know what that is. That's some sort of chemical compound because half and half needs to be refrigerated. Anything dairy needs to be refrigerated. And that, if it's not a dairy product, it's not half and half. And I know people who just chug that stuff. It's ooh. I had a, a couple bad experiences with with using, and and if it doesn't need any refrigeration, then why does it expire? You know, <laughs> you know what, what what is in it that's going to expire? But Twinkies, liquidated but, uh, Twinkies. Yeah, but I've had some that have been way beyond where they should have been been used because there was there was nothing else, and and the coffee was just that bad that I had to I had to whiten it with something. I pour that stuff in, and it and it makes these dots. And it starts to almost like curdle in the coffee, you know, it's just, no, okay, I don't need coffee that badly because this is, it's a hard experience. And you are tasting whatever those chemicals that make that little cup up, they start to separate and they start to take on a life of their own and you start to taste those. And it's, oh, do yourself a favor and stay away from anything, any dairy product that says no refrigeration necessary. Nightmares. Stop thinking. Okay, so number seven, the stuff here is a last resort, and they show a, a clip of Bill Murray drinking out of a electric drip coffee maker like pot, like the, the kind that you would see in a diner or a Waffle House, yeah, a bun, a bun coffee brewer. Yeah, it's pretty sick stuff. The point is, you know, this is the stuff here that's of last resort, and I think I'm kind of in agreement. I would drink that if I'd gone for days without any coffee at all. I'm away from home. I'm away from good, good resources. Yeah. 
And, you know, coffee is coffee. Sometimes you do need the caffeine. So but it's I may not like the way it tastes. It's also a recognition that, that, that not every cup of coffee has to be the best. You know, it, it doesn't have to knock your socks off and be an ideal cup of coffee. Sometimes you just need the caffeine kick. Sometimes you make do with what you got. If McDonald's is the only thing nearby and you need a cup of coffee, okay. You know, that's, it's okay. You, your, your expectations are low and they're usually met and that's okay. Uh, number eight, this is one of the nicest things someone can do for you. It shows a gif of someone putting together a, a real latte, a good looking latte and uh, adding the cream on top, the half and half. It looks delicious. Yeah, I guess. I, it I, does. I've had one. Man, oh, so delicious. I, I mean, like I, if I, I could drink that every day, like professionally made from a good specialty coffee house, if I had one of those nearby, I'd be there every day. I, I, I just don't understand the um, the art of it. I assume that they're really? they're see. I think that that's really clever. I think well, it's, it's really yeah, attractive. I guess I guess it's it's clever. But you take your first sip and it's already starting to disappear. You know, it it looks like somebody is pouring out a Hallmark card in a cup for a, me. Yeah, a little bit. But everybody gets the same Hallmark Hallmark card. There was a uh, a coffee shop right across the street from Pike Place Market in in Seattle, and I, I can't remember what it was. But they did some spectacular latte art in there. I mean, they were doing stuff that I had never seen before, and and it wasn't all symmetrical. Like this guy's doing it. it. You pour it in the middle, then you pour it down the center, and you make the whatever you call that, the heart, or you know whatever that thing's supposed to be. This was like very specific art to each particular customer. It was, <laughs> but, but then again, yeah, you, you take a couple sips, and that guy's that guy's hard work is gone. But I'm sure I paid for it. Hmm. So yeah, fun little uh, post there. We're gonna have a link to that in the show notes. So look at it on your coffee break. It's uh, the kind of thing that people look at when they're sneaking a little bit of time in on Facebook, and maybe it's something to share this afternoon. You want to look like a good coffee snob or you want to see how many of your friends are snobs too and uh, join in the craziness, then uh, that's the kind of thing you want to reshare. Yep. And that's going to wrap it up for this week. We have more things in the outline we'll get to next week. So yeah, it looks like we're all set. We'll have stuff to talk about for at least an extra episode. Episode 40. 41. For, yeah, for episode 41. Right. So yay us. This completes episode 40 of Top Brew. If you want to find the show notes this week, they're at topbrew.fm slash podcast slash 40. And if you want to tell the world how much you enjoy our show, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at topbrewfm. And you can also find me there too. I'm underscore Joe Darnell. And Eric is the craft roaster at thrashercoffee.com. You can also find Top Brew on Facebook at facebook.com slash topbrewfm. If you have a topic that you'd like us to discuss in a future episode of Top Brew, then send them to us with the hashtag AskTopBrew, and we'll make that happen in next week's follow-up. Just uh, tweet that out, and we'll collect them. Lastly, I want to say thanks again to Thrasher Coffee for supporting the show. It is made possible by sponsors like them, and uh, so if you want to sponsor the show, check us out. But Thrasher Coffee has been our continual sponsor, which is really awesome. Use the coupon code TOPBREW at checkout to get 25% off of your order. I'm Joe Darnell. Thanks for listening to Top Brew.